Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Charlotte Jeffrey Campbell. Charlotte, thank you very much for joining me. You're very welcome. Bright and early. It is bright and early uh, on a on a Friday, and I'm going to let you in and listeners into a little secret, actually. So I try, uh, and this is actually indirectly, that's just come into my head. This is how off-piece this podcast could go, Charlotte. <laughs> Fridays, I block out my diary. I don't have external meetings and this is something I've always had to get better at being able to say no and time blocking. Um, And I am wearing a hoodie and a baseball cap for the listeners who can't see. And that is part of what I do on a Friday morning because whilst, well, this is a hobby of mine, this isn't actually in in my work hours. This means I can't take external meetings if you see what I mean, because I can't, I can't sort of be on a, a video call with a client looking like this. So um, it's kind of a mental thing I've had in terms of time blocking. So with your background and what you do day to day with your business, mm. any any suggestions for agents when it comes to time blocking for actual training mm. or prospecting? Yeah, so I suppose it's a really difficult one because I'm a mum of five and, oh, and wow. I work from home. So yeah. for me, I suppose I'm one of these people, I'm a million miles per hour. Okay. So I think it's recognising your own style. So I know I'm really good. So yesterday um, we'd had family to stay and they've got kids and dogs and the whole works. And I had back to back meetings from eight o'clock yesterday, all really good full on meetings. But in between every meeting, I did a bit of cleaning here. I tidied that there. And I had that and I have that mindset because I, I sort of start with my goals of what I want to achieve. Those are my priority. And then I make sure that I fit everything in. So that's my that's my plan. And I suppose I'm older now, so I'm I'm quite good at you know working out how much I'm likely to be able to do. So I suppose for me, time blocking is a very clear goal. What is it you're actually trying to do with your time? And I think that really applies with training because I often see sort of a, a, a look of fear when people talk about training because they think they've got to block out three hours and, yeah. and they sit down and it's got to be all about training. Whereas we at Able Agent, we don't say that. We say, look, you know, think of your goals. What are the topics that are useful to you? What do you know now? What don't you know? And we provide them with this sort of skills analysis and say, look, where do you think you're five star? Where are you brilliant? And where do you need improvement? If you'd said to me as a negotiator, what were you rubbish at? I'd have said, I hate overcoming objections. I would have said, I just, I hate it. It's just absolutely my, um, it, it, it instilled fear and also getting mortgage appointments. Those two things I really struggled with. So I knew that when I asked for training, those are the two areas that I wanted specific help in. And it's the same with Able Agent. You know, if you know that you, you, your questioning is rubbish or you're not asking open questions, then there's an easy one to solve. So we, we, we think of goals and then you have to allocate the time to achieve the goal as opposed to just allocating time to do training or prospecting or whatever you've got to be more specific okay love that in terms of what you said about um putting time aside I think yeah so many people and I I put myself in this as well and I'm trying to improve as, as the years go by of you think you need to block out three hours a morning and afternoon a day but actually it yeah. could be that university on wheels where you listen to a podcast between appraisals or viewings and that can, uh-huh. that can be some form of training right yeah, but you have to have a structure to it. 
So it's all very well. I mean, and I love podcasts. I'm a massive advocate. And I talk to our trainees and I say, look, Able Agents are not your only resource. You know, yeah. you have lots of areas to go to because you want ideas and fresh viewpoints. But you have to have a purpose to your training because otherwise there's an awful lot of content out there. Yeah. All content that you'll ever listen to in your life in reality. So think about what it is you're trying to achieve. Otherwise, the content just becomes noise. Yeah. It's not actually relevant to you. So I think the most important thing with training is what is it I'm actually trying to achieve and 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 spend a little bit of time either for yourself or as a business owner thinking what am I what are my goals with this? And then it's much easier to do that sort of sifting process and work out what it is that's relevant to you. So you know, we've got brilliant trainers in this industry. You know, there are different trainers with different styles and skill sets. So, you know, you need to understand what you're trying to achieve and who's going to deliver that for you. Yeah, love that. Um a few things I wrote down there, sort of figuring out your style. I, I love that being purposeful with it, actually having direction with what you want to achieve. And then there's a lot of noise out there. Like you said, figure out which direction you, you want to go in and go with that. I'm certainly guilty of, I've got loads of books on my bookcase and loads of them I haven't read um, because I see such, someone recommend something, I buy it. I'm like, hang on a minute, I've got 50 other books in my list to read. Yeah. And you know what? And that's the thing. That's a big chunk to focus on. Now, I don't know about, about you, but as a personality, I'm better with small chunks of stuff. Okay. I haven't got time. And also I'm in I'm an impatient brain. So again, know your style. I'm an impatient brain. So for me, I like things to be quick, manageable, and and easy to adopt and use and specific and I sometimes think as trainers we're a bit guilty of creating a brand and a style of acronyms and the perfect little little or whatever it may be and actually as a consumer look at it and go, what does that actually mean I don't know what I'm going to get from that that training course or that training session yeah. um, and I see lots of these big gurus and they've got brands they build you know in the, the seven habits of highly effective people. What does it actually mean in reality, you know? So sometimes I think what we do best as trainers is to make it very, very obvious and easy what they're going to get, because then it allows people to manage their time more effectively and they can choose the bits that are relevant. Everything on Able Agent is Ron Seal, does what it says on the tin. I don't believe in fancy phrases. You want to know how to overcome objections, look for the Overcoming Objections training course. It's simple. On what you said there, does what it says on the tin. I think we're guilty in this industry. I definitely have been over years of using words, phrases um, with mm -hmm. buyers and sellers. They're not going to have a scooby, are they? What mm -hmm. what they mean? Mm -hmm. So is that something that that's on the able agent sort of training program of 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 like how to speak to people so that you're not just sounding like a typically yeah. agent in your yeah honestly I always laugh about this because you know when you hear police officers inter police officers interviewed yeah. I approached from the rear and I, <laughs> and I I apprehended the suspect we're the same we are no different we talk about you know I would say to people you know would you like me to register you as an applicant on our mailing list you know I mean what does that actually mean do you know yeah. what I mean we do talk a lot of jargon so yeah it's one of my bugbears I've been an assessor on Moth over the years part of um, the training I've done and one of the topics is all about avoiding jargon in, in the qualifications that we that we do um but also the other fact i think simon is that a lot of people don't actually understand the jargon they're using mm. 
you know, if I was a negotiator and people used to say to me, we've had problems with our wall ties on our service. I used to go, ah, yes, the wall ties. No clue what a wall tie was. You know what I mean? I had no idea. So I think it's really important that we recognise the jargon we use and what we don't actually understand. And in an able agent, we've got a full glossary of terms because we recognise on day one, somebody not in the industry is going to ask you at some point in the day, what's a vendor <laughs> you know and there's so many simple phrases that we that, so we de we de-jargonize everything and again my experience in the industry of training particularly the training that, that we've had with some of the, the professional organizations and the big manuals they are so technically written um that it puts people off because they find it difficult yeah. to translate the language in the technical uh, manual um, and we we spend a lot of time trying to avoid the technical um, language in the overview and until we've explained it so that when you look for something it should be what you wanted to know and then the technical language will be brought into you so that you have that confidence I like that it should be what you what you wanted to know and then technical language after that mm. um, earlier on you said there's some fantastic trainers with different styles across the country mm -hmm. who, who are some trainers you'd you'd suggest agents should be should, oh, should there's, there's great i mean there's there's joe Bourne. i don't know if you've come across joe she's, I, so i've she's seen amazing. i've seen her on social media but i've never ever spoken to her so. you know what if you wanted somebody to literally give your team co a combination of support and kick up the arse again in language that's clear she's brilliant i've got a lot of time for joe we've worked together a lot on, on and off over the years stephen brown obviously you know nobody's not going to mention his name yeah his delivery style of calm confidence and that knowledge of data is phenomenal so you know these these people are brilliant you've got um you know you've got all the different technical skill sets as well you know i mean i talked to sean um hemming at uh, inventory brace what she doesn't know about inventories is not worth knowing you know so and i think we know about the julian odell's and we know about Stephen, and we know about richard rawlings and yeah. And, and various others but there's a whole breed of new people as well that are coming in so I think it's about it's about um it's about giving your, your training program a sprinkling of all sorts of different styles yeah. because I think that gives you fresh ideas and I think a lot of the trainers myself included we've been here a long time now you know we need the we need to encourage the fresh blood coming through and and I think that's really important as well because they've got new ideas yeah, I, I think there 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 is there's there's some fresh blood coming through and there's new ideas. And um I had a particular um person in the industry ring me this week actually out of the blue um and mm. said, um, keep up the content you're putting out on sort of LinkedIn and Facebook. You know, there'll be times where there's no likes or comments or messages and you think that one's flop, that wasn't valuable, you get a bit of imposter syndrome, whatever. And they just said, just keep plugging away, you're adding value. And they said, you're keeping me on my toes. They said, and this is someone who's got, yeah. you know, they've been in it longer than I've been born. They're like, keeping me on my toes. So I'm like, I'm seeing you post daily. I'm seeing you come out with fresh yeah. ideas. And, it, and they're saying, I want to go look at stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, you're a person yeah. I look up to who um, is yeah. constantly giving out stuff. So you look up to that person because that person is somebody who's constantly looking, engaging, 
wanting to develop himself or herself and their team. And I think that's the point. I don't think any of us in this industry can sit back and be complacent and say we know it all. And believe you me, as a trainer, I've sat in training rooms with a group of people and you sit there and I look at my, you know, and I, you know, I started in 1994. So I've been in this industry nearly 30 years and people look at me with two years experience as if to say, I know, I know all of this. Yeah. What are you telling me you know all of this? Well, they might know it in part, but they don't know it in full. They might know it, but not do it. So there's a real difference, but it's funny. But there's also, it, as a trainer, um, there's a real mix because some people are desperately hungry for knowledge. I was hungry for knowledge. I was the annoying employee uh-huh. who always wanted to be trained and, and 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 asking questions to the point where in every job I've ever done, I was the one who said to the boss, we're not doing enough training. Can I do some? And I used to go off in my spare time, write content and deliver training in all the environments I've worked in because that was that was my interest. It's my passion. I don't think I knew it until I became a trainer, but that's what I'm passionate about. People people often say to me, ah, oh, yes, you're a trainer. Those who teach can't do. Uh-huh. But I was going to swear then. It's absolute rubbish. You know, those that train are the people who've got a really good skill set and they're very confident in what they do and they're able to impart that. Um, and yeah, if I opened an estate agent tomorrow, I'd absolutely annihilate my competition. I just choose not to. <laughs> So um, just a couple of things to, to come back to, though. Uh, just first of all, you can 100% swear on this. <laughs> I've, I've had, I probably have, and I've had others who have gone, oh, oh uh, am I allowed to swear? I'm like, well, you yeah. have now. And we're quite, quite <laughs> I don't cut anything out on these podcasts. It's raw. It's, it's authentic. Yeah. Um, but on what you're saying on training, it's really interesting to hear that because uh, I think in my last few years in, in a state agency, I I was running a, a fairly successful office. It was always profitable, but I I felt like there was more to come and 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 get better profit. But I didn't feel like there was uh, sufficient training or growth in 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 the four walls of business. And I went out and looked for inspiration, and I was paying for my own training and taking a holiday to go do it and to grow. And actually quite bizarrely, it landed me in this role that I do now indirectly. Um, But yeah, I just used to be like, there's, there's, there's no training here. And we, and there was so much experience in the business again, agency been doing it longer than I've been born, Mm. you know, they'd seen all sorts of different markets. Um, So yeah, it frustrated me, but Mm. this might be a controversial question, Um, but (laughs) in terms of, and let's not get on a rant on this, but in terms of training, employee, employer, should it employer, be- employer? It's it's every day of the week. It's in, in no, okay, I'm too harsh. It's employer's responsibility. My husband works for one of the big five um, international accountancy firms. Okay. Now he has to be compliant because he audits multi-million pound businesses. Okay, he has to manage teams. He has to sign off accounts worth billions. Okay, can you imagine an environment where his employer couldn't be asked to train him and he didn't go on the relevant training every year to make sure when he signs off those big accounts, he's doing it correctly. He's in line with the government guidelines. He's in line with HMRC's guidelines. Can you imagine if that company said, I'm sorry, Michael, we're not going to bother training you, but you're signing off something that's worth millions of pounds. Wouldn't ever happen, would it? So why in a state agency do we feel it's okay to debate this, quite frankly, that actually, is it the employee's responsibility? Absolutely not. However, 
it's the employee's responsibility to engage in training, be curious about training, turn up to training and do a good job. But I think that we are handling multi-million pound transactions sometimes. We are dealing with people's most valuable assets. We are offering advice that has a huge impact on people's decision making and spending money. And we've got consumer protection regulations that guide that. So absolutely the employer. However, the reason we started Able Agent was because I've always felt that training our industry felt inaccessible. It felt inaccessible, inaffordable and was such a commitment to take your team out for a day or you know you're, you're forcing people to to carry around these 20 stone manuals when you you know yeah. you want to you, you just want to learn some of the law that you need to know about and i think that the the evolution over the last couple of years of the pandemic and and online and podcasts and video is phenomenal because i yeah. think it just means like we've done at able agent training is accessible and affordable and therefore easy to do yeah I when I asked that question, oh, <laughs> I asked the question, I was like, "Is Charlotte gonna sit sit on the fence on this?" But hell no, just... definitely not. No, you haven't known me very long. I don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I think one there's there's lots of interesting things you said there, but one one key bit that I picked up on was you said no, hundred uh, percent responsibility of the employer. But when you said about employee like engagement, that was really interesting because there's there's times where, uh, for example, we've had. Um, the owner of a business look at let's say home search and go we think that that can really help move our business forward you yeah. then go on to a zoom call and you're sort of training the people on the ground disengaged yeah not, not interested and then okay. and got the employer going well hang on a minute i'm i'm investing this money they're not interested and it may be i love the saying um once bitten by a snake forever scared of rope or i've probably yeah, got yeah, that yeah. wrong but the, I think the employer then goes, well, that was a waste of money. Let's not go to anything else. And then same with training, the same with training, honestly, um, the employer will, will. But we've had a few scenarios. Obviously, you can imagine we're an online platform. Our retention rates are brilliant and they're brilliant when the employer knows what they want to get out of training. We're brilliant at supporting the employer as well. We're brilliant at setting them a plan, helping them work out what training they need to do. We're, we're brilliant at that. When it fails, is and um, we've got a self sign up option where people just yeah. click on the link, they sign up, they pay their monthly fee, and they're left to it. Now, all the business that, that comes via me, my networking, my sales role, they start with a kind of a, a, a stronger understanding of what we do and help and guidance because I give that and my team give that. When people sign up without any contact with us, they're the ones who drop off because they think that the tool is the solution. But the tool is not the solution. The methodology and the why you got the tool has to be very clearly delivered so that people want the tool. Whatever the tool may be, you need your team to understand why you're going for it and what it's going to do. You have to start with that. That's your first point. I don't think, I mean, and and it's the same with qualifications. If you just say to somebody, I'm signing you on a qualification, instantly it's going to take you nine months um, some people go, wow, yeah, brilliant. I love qualifications. Others will go, shit, no, don't want to do that. And they don't know why and they're scared. So you don't do it like that. We don't say you're on a qualification. We say, look, there's bite-sized chunks of training. You do, you do little and often. And oh, by the way, um, a, a pop-up flashes up on our computer screen. So when they've done 10 of the courses, the pop-up says, wow, brilliant, well done. Did you know that you're nearly ready to sit your exam? 
did you know that you've completed enough training to do a qualification and half the time and the, and it just approaches it in a way that they go oh i'm confident now yeah done nearly 80 percent of it so all i've got to do is 20 percent. so it's that that psychological um process so for me it's the why and yeah. and make it make the make the journey of value and yeah. it's not just about the destination yeah i love that i was just having this conversation with an estate agent yesterday uh evening where that's kind of said about uh not having success from variety of different things but let's say direct mail and 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 particularly door knocking they're they're a newer agent um not not done it before and knocking on doors and getting lots of no's and Mm -hmm. I said well have you had any success and I, I can't remember the exact numbers but let's say they'd knocked um a thousand doors just as an arbitrary number to get that one instruction yeah and I was like okay well you now know that if you go knock a hundred doors one weekend you're 10 percent of the way there to get into your next instruction rather than going oh my god I've knocked a hundred doors and got nowhere yeah and do you know what else I was just I'm jumping in there because it always makes me interested we are impatient yeah absolutely so I, I, you know, and I was the same because I think I always felt as a, as a lister or a neg or whatever that I've got to get the deal now. If I register somebody on the mailing list, I've got to get the market appraisal and the mortgage appointment and the solicitor's appointment. And I'm going to bombard this poor customer yeah. with a rant of sales and sales and sales and sales. And then I wonder why my customer zones out on the other end of the phone. And what I say to people is you are building a pipeline. When I worked for, I worked for Vibra many years ago before it was actually Vibra. And I had a spreadsheet and a pipeline. So I used to speak to all the estate agents and I'd say, right, okay, um, trading so-and-so in, in, in Blackpool, I seem to remember one of the clients. And he said, I'm not, I'm not ready to do this till September. So he'd go in my August pipeline box. And then I'd have somebody else that I'd know would be signing up in January. Or I knew I'd got five people this month. Or I knew I'd got, um, you know, two or three calls or two or three visits. And then I'd get a sign up. So I built a pipeline. Mm. Like we've got our sales pipeline. I built a pipeline of sales opportunities. Now, we don't do that as much because we rely on our computer system to create this reminder that we've got to do stuff. Whereas really, we need to control the data so that we build our pipeline. Because if my boss used to ring me up and say, Charlotte, we need more listings this month. I wanted to be able to look at my little black book and go, I've got a couple of warm ones sitting there. They're my phone call because I know if they're warm, I'll convert them. But if I'm going in cold, it's a much harder job. So I I don't want to door knock because I've built such a brilliant pipeline from every single conversation that I've had that I can decide who is warm and who are my first points of contact. Now, if I'm really good at my pipeline and I've really built my my database and I really know my customers, then I don't have to door knock because I've probably got some data about that person because they're on our mailing list, they've viewed something in the past, and 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 then I can ring them up and say, I was in your area, I, you know, I knocked on your door, I just wanted to tell you this. And it's not just about that one knock, it's about the pipeline and the process, and you're much more efficient. Yeah, love that. Um, something you um had mentioned, Vibra, is that Vibra Selects and like Home View? Yeah, yeah, it was I was Solex Home View, I was in the olden days, which was honestly, I talked to Whaley about this as you, you know, me and I go back obviously a few years. Um, and he and I did the similar jobs, we started out in software sales. So I I um he said to me on a few drinks, he said that was the best system. 
That was the best system. Solex Homeview is easy to use. It looked really pretty. And the CRMs these days, they're not as pretty as home as Homeview. It was a brilliant system. Hey, <laughs> when I when I first did uh, work experience and then became a weekend assistant in the summer of 2007, mm-hmm. it was Homeview. And yeah. the Homeview from the summer of 07 through to January 2010, when the business I was in changed to uh, Reaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have uh, have good memories of Homeview. And <laughs> I'm going to share something now, and uh, this is a classic. Simon Gates at 18 years of age, where I was still a few years off of that light bulb switching of, of going, oh my god, this this is an amazing career and 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 whatnot. I was still 18. I you know you all my friends were off, you know, at uni and and you know you you're getting paid bugger all money because you haven't got any commission yet and you're kind of putting in the minimum. Um, yeah. And I, I feel terrible saying that, but I remember my manager going out on market appraisals all down a Friday. I was the only neg in the office because I was on holiday, middle of summer, and at the time it was dead. And I was like, the phones aren't ringing. This is boring. Like it wasn't that make the phones ring. And I don't, I don't know if you remember, but like you'd have your to-do list on on HomeView and yeah. let's say the number was a uh, hundred. So I had a hundred yeah. people to, to follow up from a mail out or something. Yeah. And it was interesting. He came, he came back in the office and said, how have you done today? I said, oh, it's been a bit quiet, you know, I've tried. And he he came over and he he very much liked to micromanage. I, I used to have the stamps in my drawer and he uh-huh. would phone if the stamps weren't lined up properly. <laughs> I, I got his dry cleaning, I got his lunch. Yeah. I wasn't a great agent, really, quite frankly. But he came and looked at the computer over my shoulder and went, your to-do list is still at 100, Simon. I went, right? And he's like, well... That's to do. It's a bit of a coincidence there, Simon. He's like, you've you've done nothing, have you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, this isn't going to happen again. I was like, it definitely isn't. So yeah. it was really interesting, but he could see. He was like, well, it's a bit. It will be a coincidence if you've like rang these people, sent out more mail, and it's just married up or whatever at, at, at that. So yeah. you get that. Um, right. Moving on to a, another subject, it's still related to sort of learning and training. Um, are you a big reader, Charlotte? Do you know what? I read in order to develop myself from a technical knowledge point of view so that I can create content. And I read on holiday if I read something really rubbish, some like girly romance nonsense, because it's that brain stop. Yeah. Because my brain is always active because I'm always reading on content and creating but I don't read any guides. No, I, I look at you all with awe when I watch on, on the, you know, on, on Facebook. I've just read this and I recommend it. <laughs> like, I've just read Nelly goes on, no, goes shopping in Vegas, you know. <laughs> so on um, content and creating them, what, what's a book you've read that you'd suggest the listeners should be should be reading that's good uh, for inspiration? So what would I be reading? Oh, I don't know. I don't I don't read like that, really. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a reader like that in terms of the stuff I write is too current to be okay. books because it's legislation and law. So it's government websites <laughs> and, and training guides. That's what I spend most of my time reading. Um, other than that, I'd, I honestly, no, I'm not. I, I don't because it's not, I'm not a book reader, but I read hours every day on social media and guides and news and um industry content yeah, yeah. 
Do you see, so, so, so on that point there of like industry content, obviously you've got Pi, Negotiator, State yeah, Agency, all of those. You've got all yeah. these Facebook groups, um, agency yeah, groups. all of those, yeah. Landlord, <laughs> Vendor, Farming Club, the Power Agent, Home Search Community. Like, I, I, I think now I'm like, my God, I wish all of this was around or was I wish I knew about it 10 years ago. Like it's yeah. Yes, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant tool. Um, but one of the blogs I'm writing at the moment is, and I think there's an idea in this somewhere, um, it concerns me sometimes because everybody's an expert in social media. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I worry about the amount of help being asked for on social media. So you talk about you when you didn't get trained. I was the same. Nobody trained me. And I didn't have a resource to say, can somebody give me an idea? Now, I'm comfortable with that if it's, you know, how do I generate more sales or how do I book more listings? But listings, but I see so many helps about very technical queries. And it makes me quite nervous okay. that some person that we don't know is then giving advice and telling me how to run my business, deal with a tricky legal situation, manage my tenants, manage my landlords, manage my vendors, deal with a sale. That's the bit that worries me about it. Um, because how do you know that the advice you're being given from somebody that you don't know is accurate? Mm. And I think there's a, there's an, aw- an awful lot of Google research as well. People research things on Google. And again, you read one article on Google. This, that's what my reading is. Sometimes I read an article on Google, I'll see something, or I know a new law's coming in. I have to look at any government guidance to get the absolute yeah. facts because I can't rely on somebody else's interpretation of it because it might not be accurate. So that, that I suppose, yes, I love social media and the groups are amazing and the networking is phenomenal. Um, but I always have, I have a slight note of caution in terms of that. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, I think you're spot on in, in saying that. Um, mm. Right. This is a million dollar question now. Don't ask me if I read any more books. <laughs> <laughs> I like the thing is, when I ask, I have these set questions, as I said to you before we hit record, and I love that, like, the people I've interviewed and, and yourself go, actually, I, I don't know on that. Like, that's not yeah, for me. So yeah. I think what, what I'm trying to get across to, to people listening is, you know, if you go and look on social media, for example, and you see these people, oh, my God, they read a book a week. And it's like, yeah. maybe I should be doing that. Going back to something you said right at the start, what is your style? Yeah, exactly. And there's all these different things here to learn from. It's it's finding that style that's going to fit you and, and move you forward in your business. So. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and this world of bite-sized media and YouTube is very, very uh, addictive. Um, yeah. And you, I think I think the younger generation will probably identify more with that than they and me than they will possibly with the books. So I wrote down uh, a quote yesterday, which I'd never heard before, but I'm a massive fan of quotes. And actually, I'm going to mm-hmm. come back to another question I was going to ask in a second. And the quote is from Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. And he said, genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and I, I I sort of sat back in my chair and I was like digesting it and going, well, what does that mean to me? And I thought, well, you can have a bloody great idea, but if mm-hmm. you don't take any action with it, it's it's irrelevant. And I see that so many times with, uh, I had a, mm-hmm. a training call with an agent yesterday, right? And I think a month ago, they needed um, content inspiration uh, and some direction on how to generate more business mm-hmm. and literally looked at their right move page and they had a few properties sold and I mm-hmm. picked one. Yeah. And I said, tell me about this sale. Mm-hmm. And they went, uh, well, we pretty much got asking price. Uh, mm-hmm. The people who we sold it for failed with another agent. 
mm-hmm. set a record price for the street. Yeah. Property's gone up like 200% in value over the years. And I'm yeah. sat there going, okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And got to the end. And I was like, why are you struggling for content? I was like, mm-hmm. not in it's a not, structure in purpose. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, not in a braggy way. But I was like, yeah. don't tell those three, four bed detached properties yeah. in that road that haven't moved in a few years. Really? What happened there? Um, and then we got on a call um, yesterday and not done it. And they said, right, I need some inspiration. I said, literally, you <laughs> go last a month ago because you haven't done it. Um, mm. And I think I'd seen as well on that street, there were properties that had come on the market since. And it's yeah. like, if you'd written to them about this story, mm. maybe you would have been in a living room with an opportunity of getting their business. But yeah. you, you've you've sold that property and you're not shouting from the rooftops about how it's impacted everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so tricky though, isn't it? And, and it's the same phrase that we all both hear is I'm busy. Mm. That's, the, that's the problem. But you've got to be busy with the purpose. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so the million dollar question I wanted to ask you was, if you were... To set up an estate agent tomorrow. Yeah. What What are the first first couple of things you're doing to go out and, and generate some listings? I think it's about networking in your community. I think it starts with that. So yeah. if it was me, I, I'd be able to create an authoritative voice. I'd be able to what create an expert voice. I'd be able to. I'd be knowledgeable of my market because I've been here for you know twenty years. Um, I'd understand my audience because I know the marketplace I'm operating in, I would start small. I would start in a targeted patch that I knew rather than trying to hit everybody with every message. I would be very, I would be very targeted. I would borrow somebody's small children and I would go and network at the school gates. <laughs> and, I would, and I would hang around schools and start speaking to people. Probably not appropriate, but, but I would network because that age group, that young families is where people, um, their lives are changing. Yeah. So I would volunteer at the school, you know, from a from a, a fate point of view, I'd be offering to help with, you know, talks about a state agency. I used to go to our local school and I used to set up like a workshop for people wanting jobs in a property. And I'd talk about what estate agents did to the little toddlers. I'd do things like that. And then I'd really build my community and um, Facebook and social media uh, page and I would be giving people information of the things that was of use to them. So I'd tell them what the market was doing, what rents were doing, you know, what legislation had changed, you know, how to deal with condensation in your property. I'd be thinking about how to prepare your property to sale, how to declutter. I would create a really, really interesting expert brand that people came to me and I would punctuate that with, I'm here for advice. I'm here for advice. I'm the I'm the expert. I'm here for advice. And I would shout that from the rooftops. And then I would build my database. And everybody who sneezed anywhere my, near my estate agency, their details would be on my mailing list. <laughs> I would have regular communication and I would be picking up the phone. I would be on the phone. Every time I got con- contact details, I would be on the phone, updating people, building a relationship, and I would make my nosebleed making phone calls. God, I need I need to lie down after that. Uh, that, no, <laughs> that that was uh, brilliant. Um, so much goal to be taken away uh, from that. And I love the uh, if they sneeze, they're on my database. <laughs> I'll be, yeah. I'll be using that one. Um, so 
I think it was really interesting, you know, community comes up a lot when I ask that question. Uh, and then again, in today's day and age, the, the power of social media, you know, you can reach thousands of people, not 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 in a way where you're trying to just be everything to everyone. You literally right. put some content out in local Facebook groups about, like you said, you know, moving, moving with pets or I don't know, moving yeah. with little kids and all that sort of thing. And you know, you're basically creating a library and, and a and a CV, aren't you, where people can oh, go and look brilliant. at it and look back. So, yeah. love that. And I think it's the network. I think it's the networking bit. I think you've got to be always looking for opportunities, always curious about who you might meet, what conversations you can have. Um, you know, I use technology to to gather people's data and and and, and be efficient with it. You know, um, I, I'd absolutely do that. And I think and I think I would. Be mindful that it will take time if I was starting up a new agency. Out of interest, I'm going to ask you a question now. How often when you ask that question do people mention expertise? And how do they define expertise? Um, I don't know if a word expert or expertise has come up. Um, but why, think... and so why not then? Uh, it's a very good question. I think... I think the the main thing that's come up is be you know prevalent in the community. Make sure you've got a presence on social media. Yeah. Um, but Doesn't... but there's not been a make sure you're a prevalent expert in your community, and then it's not been make sure you are the go to expert on social media. So yeah, I think that I might be doing a disservice to to the people I've interviewed. But mm -hmm. I from recollection, I think that that word expert might have been missing. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? So from my point of view, the whole point of training, and that's why Able Agent is this resource of sales skills, compliance, law, property law, what's planning permission, what's building regs, what's a wall tie. It's a resource to create experts. And if the first thing agents think is not that I am an expert in property and selling and letting, if I don't define myself as an expert, why would anyone pay me for expertise? And if they're not paying me for expertise, what are they paying me for? They're paying me for something that they don't value as much. Yeah. Massively huge, this for me, in terms of the yeah. way people perceive themselves. And people say we need professionalization and we need regulation. And no, I think we need agents to stand up and say, look, we are this we are an expert at this. Yeah. But the problem I think is, and I'm going to be brutally honest, in many cases, the people are not expert. And I, you know, might be shouted down. In many cases, they are. But a lot of people, you think the people who've started in the last year, three years in this marketplace or the last two years in this marketplace, do we define them as experts if they're brand new in this market? I don't yeah. know. So, so a question for you then on the back of what you've just said, you know, mm. all, every, everyone is is saying the market's shifting and, you know, uh, you know, there's obviously going to be sensationalised headlines from the, from the news in cost of living, interest rates, blah, 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 recession looming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We won't get into that debate. But let's say the market is shifting and it has been a very easy and in inverted commas market the past two, three years with buyers just yeah. you know, falling out the sky. What's, <laughs> yeah. what's the advice and training you'd be giving to agents now who haven't, who perhaps, so I was fortunate where I came in in 2007 mm. and saw the craziness and I was like, this is amazing, I want to do this. And then, yeah. bang. Yeah, I was like, oh, this isn't very good. But yeah. it was really good, actually, because it made me learn the trade. Because I, okay. I remember when I was um, still a weekend assistant, 
And one of my jobs when I came in on Saturday morning was to go to the window and look at all the window cards and make sure they're up to date. And yeah. like, it was like every week it was like reduce, 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 reduce. And there was one particular <laughs> one every week. It was like um, five gram reduction, five gram reduction, five gram reduction. It took like a year to sell. And yeah. it, it, it was it was ridiculous. So mm. my question is, those agents who've perhaps only been doing it a few years, who perhaps mm. are going to go into a tougher market, Mm-hmm. what would your advice be to them they've got to shift from reactivity to proactivity it's oh, as simple yeah. as that they need yeah. to structure their day so i think it's about it goes back to what i said at the beginning about this pipeline you need to build your pipeline of people that you know that are opportunities in whatever format so you have to be structured you have to build that hour in the day when you're completely dedicated to outbound calling and business generation um, you have to be meticulous with every single inquiry because I know the quality of data on on databases nowadays is poor because we've grabbed quickly the basic details and then we've forgotten about it so I have no doubt that there is absolute opportunity galore in people's databases but they have got to work the data they have got to know their data know their prospects they've got to use their CRMs well they've got to categorize their data effectively they've got to know their investors and the different types of investors, know their buyers, know their sellers, know how to uh, negotiate um, price reductions, know how to um, be proactive generating market appraisals. My my whole life as a negotiator was business generation of yeah, market appraisals. Yeah. I was, it was our, you know, you got a bang over the head if you hadn't generated, you know, and I still think agents should distinguish and nobody's ever let, nobody's ever been able to do this. But how I think we should be able to differentiate between a, um, this is going to show you how old I am, a yellow pages valuation, as we used to call them, somebody who's just rung up from the portal and said, I want a val, um, compared to the one where somebody's on the mailing list and they're thinking about moving and you've said, look, let me come out and give you some advice. And you've built that and you've got that, yeah. that, that property on the market. We don't differentiate. And we should. We should know the difference between those two things because one is expertise and one is order taking. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love you when you said the word meticulous. We we do need to be meticulous with the inquiries. And and actually, um, I will I will slightly challenge what you said because I agree need to be meticulous. But actually just responding to inquiries oh i know yeah but i'm i'm i you know i'm i'm i know i know but i i i i sent out um uh two portal inquiries uh last uh, was it last month i think it was last month sent out yeah. two portal inquiries uh neither estate agent responded to me and i've done the same i did three when my husband sold his house um i got i got one response and I don't know why. And I and I and I think the agents themselves are so busy, but I think we've got a skills shortage in management at the moment. I think there's a skills shortage in how people train and develop their staff. And I think in the olden days, the manager would train the team in the systems. And I think at the moment the manager's so under pressure they're not able to, they are not skilled at it. And I think from my point of view, that's what that's why able agents there. I had a call with a client yesterday and she said, I'm so busy. I just need my new starters sorted out and effective. Yeah. And so we put a plan together where, you know, she'll she'll do the use able agent, but there's some extra support we've built in just to take the pressure off her as the boss. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the times it's just it's just it needs to be done. 
Um, and now is absolutely the time to be thinking about these things. They've got to get it. They've got to get it right now because they're going to miss the boat if they don't. Yeah. What well, What's the saying? Uh, sweat more in practice to bleed less in battle. And that's that's yeah. what not really. Yeah. And you know what you said before about the, um, you know, the Edison quote. The yeah. other thing I would add to that quote is you need a bit of luck as well, you know. <laughs> So, so on that on that point of uh, luck, um, I speak to agents about increasing their surface area of luck, and I definitely mm-hmm. stole that from someone else, but I can't remember who it was. But I read <laughs> it, and I was like, "It's really good." You know, the old yeah. saying, "Luck arises when preparation meets opportunity." Da, 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 da. And you, you you're gonna get a bit of luck, but you make your own luck. You you got to go out there and find that luck. And I love what you said yeah. earlier: about opportunity, find opportunity. Yeah, it's like dating, you know, if you go on match.com or whatever their websites are nowadays, you you know, there's there's an awful lot of people that you don't want to talk to until eventually they find the one that you do. And that 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 there's an element of luck in that. I met my husband on the internet. <laughs> um, and you know, there was an awful lot of crazy people between meeting him. <laughs> I, still, I still maintain that, that was a little bit of luck when I got when I got to him. That wasn't just process and and me being a dedicated searcher of <laughs> men on the internet. So there's always got to be a bit of luck, but you're right. You know, if you don't spend the time, you, you, yeah. you don't get the benefit. Absolutely right. Last <laughs> last question, Charlotte. You've given lots of invaluable advice uh, on this podcast, so I want to ask you, in your estate agency career, which I think you said spans back to 1994, mm-hmm. um, what's <laughs> the what's the best piece of advice you think you've ever been given from someone in that time? Be curious about everything that you are involved in so um I was curious about the CRM system I wanted to know how it worked I wanted to know what it could do for me and it made me a really really brilliant estate agent because I was doing things that my other branch colleagues weren't doing um because I understood how to manipulate data and manage reports and be curious about your customer because if your customer feels that you are interested in them, they will share far more information. Um, and, you know, and I think if you're the person who's curious and you're interested in learning about whatever it is, then bosses, the second part of that tip is you need to recognize they're good at this and give them um an opportunity to thrive in that environment. I agree. I massively believe in data champions. I think every business should have a data champion, somebody who's really passionate about data, the CRM, because if they're taking responsibility for that and they're interested when you're not, yeah. your data is going to improve. So, so on that uh, being curious, uh, no, I, I love that answer. No one has, that I've interviewed has given an, an art, like every answer is different, but no, nothing's come anywhere near to that. And I, I really like what you said. And, when I was still an agency uh, and we were using uh, Repit and uh, I was the perceived Repit champion. Uh, and yeah. a lot of a lot of agents will, whether it's Repit or something else, doesn't matter what CRM it is, there'll be some who just think it's a diary, basically. Mm-hmm. We whack our appointments in there so we know where we need to be. And I used to go to the office in, I think it was Farringdon or something, because mm-hmm. they'd say, right, we want you to come in to Repit in Farringdon and talk to us about this how does it go and I've got all these certificates in a folder mm-hmm. a little geek like that where I've done yeah. these online courses gone and seen them in person and one of the most valuable things for me in my office because of being curious was they had like general reports which I think are now power reports and I had three different reports set up and these mm-hmm. were my bible basically so one was 
buyers with houses to sell locally. Pretty simple, yeah. right? Easy peasy, but, but so useful. Yeah, but literally that report. So because we were interconnected dozen offices every day, I'm having my morning coffee. It's like, right, hit that report and put yeah. it in date order. And I go, that's interesting because a porcelain inquiry came in late last night with another office. Right, Charlotte's mm. dealing with it. Quick email to her. Hey, Charlotte, mm. what's going on with this person? And if they say, oh, I offered them a valuation, they said not now. I'm like, okay, cool. I email them and go, look, I know you've registered with said office. You've got a mm. viewing on Saturday. I understand you've got a property to sell locally. And I wouldn't offer an, an MA because they'll probably say get lost after they've said no already. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just sent them a home search report and said, yeah, you might find this interesting. And then yeah. the other two were... Lost market appraisals, but uh, stealing this from Michelle Gallagher, if I could rename it, it'd be Wimback List. (laughs) Literally, Monday mornings and Friday afternoons, I -hmm. would be contacting those lost appraisals. And the amount of business that I picked up, particularly in 2019, Mm -hmm. from going back on those. And the last one was withdrawn. That's such a powerful one because withdrawn properties, so many estate agents go, ah, well they were you know wanted too much money not motivated they weren't paying us a good enough fee and they go out chasing more new business and that cost of acquisitions yeah. a lot higher and they forget yeah. about the withdrawn ones so i had withdrawn properties going back 10 years which was way before mm-hmm. i was running that branch but mm-hmm. it would it would generate business so i love the whole curiosity thing that you yeah. that you said and it, it is that and I, you know, i'd add things about lettings as well if you've got an active yeah. About your tenant fine landlords, and you know who your tenant fine landlords are, and there's been a legislation change or stuff's going on in your market. You know, that's very easy, quick email to send or a very quick message to leave or phone call to make. You know, it's about using the tools in your toolkit. And I know from having been in sales for Vibra, we don't, people don't use their tools effectively. So the curiosity bit, um, I suppose curiosity needs help. You know, yeah. and I think that's where training comes in. Yeah. Training allows you to be curious. You no, know, you can be curious and then training allows you to be effective. Yeah. So um, oh, I think I might have invented a new phrase. Yeah, I uh, like that one. There we go. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I'll just never release this podcast and I'll steal that phrase for myself. <laughs> I have been guilty of saying that on other podcasts. Um, but no, I think I think that's a great place uh, to end, Charlotte, for, for the listeners of be curious. I think, that, I think that's a great way to end. So I just want to say, um, well, on behalf of all the listeners, thank you very much for delivering such value in this episode. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's been good to be here.